Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Body's favorite segment. I got my buddy Alex Barth here to talk about some college football quarterback prospects. Now, last weekend, there wasn't a ton to learn from some of the bigger name prospects, but Bo Nix was able to face off against Utah, which is a great opponent we talked about on this show. And then we're also going to talk about Jaden Daniels' game next week. But first and foremost, Alex, check in with you. How are you doing on what was the coldest day of practice so far for us down at Gillette? Man, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to some of the Patriots PR interns who are from the South. You guys are all bundled up, and I'm like... We, we got a long way to go. It was 45 today. I'll tell you this. Like, that's uh, – it was brisk. It was brisk. Mm-hmm. It was a little crisp. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I I had the light coat on today. I had the light coat on with the sweater. I thought it might have been a little too much. It was about right. A little colder than I thought it would be when I left the house. But we got a ways to go. So tough. So tough. Little little guy who's East Coaster but a transplant to L.A. for two years, and I completely forget how to act. Uh, but first and foremost, getting into football make me feel a little less bad about myself because I'm dying in this cold weather. Dane Brugler came out with his 2024 big board, or updated it rather. We're going to talk about some of the quarterbacks on the list. So number one on the list overall for any position, we had Drake May from North Carolina, one of the more popular prospects the Pats Nation's been talking about with, you know, the QB struggles. Uh, number three, second quarterback on the list, Caleb Williams. Number 16, so it was a pretty big drop there. Number 16, third quarterback overall, J.J. McCarthy for Michigan. Fourth quarterback overall, fourth quarterback, but 24th overall, rather, Shadur Sanders. And then behind him, not going to keep going with the numbers, we got Jaden Daniels, Quinn Ewers from Texas, and Carson Beck. What did you think about those rankings, particularly Drake May, not only being above Caleb Williams, but being the number one prospect in the entire draft class, according to Dane, who does fantastic work? Yeah, it's interesting. It's becoming a discussion. And look, Taylor, we talked about this last time I was on with you. And I, 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 no disrespect to Drake May. I think that, so I, I still have Caleb Williams 1-1. I do, mm-hmm. but the door has certainly been opened coming into the year. Caleb Williams was the one way runaway one. When we were talking about it as a generational prospect that's mm-hmm. been thrown out. The reason the door is really open now for Drake may to be one, one like Drake may's done what he's done. We talked about this last time I was on that Utah game was going to be so big for Caleb Williams because he had struggled against that defense so many times. And it is an NFL style defense. And what does he do? He comes out, he struggles mm-hmm. against that. Um, and then he's had a couple other bad, bad games in there as well. So 
now you're seeing this trend where against top 25 opponents, against elite defenses, look, people, I want to be clear how I phrase this argument. There are some people who will just blanket say, oh, he's worse against top 25 teams. You shouldn't take him. Everybody's worse against top 25 teams. You play worse against better teams. Is, I, I Are there are there any, really any examples of players you can think <laughs> of that like, you know, play like crap against the bad teams, but then the good teams show up and they're excellent. It doesn't really happen, especially at that position. But it's it's a more extreme trade-off. And, you know, we're covering the Patriots right now, so it's, it's tougher to dig into it a little, a little bit. I think that number skewed for Caleb Williams just by how much he struggled against Utah specifically. But again, that Utah dif- defense is different. That's closer mm-hmm. to the kind of defense he's going to face. Now, he does have Washington again a couple weeks. That's another um, in Hill of Oregon too. Those are those are other good defenses, but it's a real question. Is he just stat padding against the bad teams? And you go back and you look at it. And yes, he's made some incredible plays. Who did he make them against? Even last year, Tulane in the bowl game, he struggled mm-hmm. at times. So it's becoming a real conversation now. Is the let do we need to take the level of competition into account? And the Pac 12 is so good this year. Mm-hmm. Do we need it? Now, the flip side of that is Drake May hasn't really played anybody either. The ACC yeah. sucks. And they yeah. won't play, they don't play Florida State, or at least they won't until the ACC championship game if they make it. I don't know if that can happen at this point. He will play Duke, I think that's next week. I believe that's next week off the top of my head. It may be the week after that. Um, that'll be a big game for him. That's a very good defense. But he hasn't exactly been tested either. But now you're seeing Caleb Williams kind of dip against. Look, I know he scored a lot of points against Cal, but it's the kind of game where, like, if you're Caleb Williams, it doesn't really matter. You should have that game in control, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the door the door's open. The, the door's absolutely open for Drake May. And that's why, again, all of this quarterback stuff we do, I put the the uh, the clarification on it, and it's kind of tough to talk about the draft this time of year because we're working off incomplete data. We need to see yeah. all the games before we can read. And even then, once we get into the process, right, you got the combine and pro days and that, but you're working, the, the, the actual games that are played are like at least 70, 75% of it. And we need all that data before we can definitively say, and that's what you're seeing right now is – Caleb Williams did not have the season he was expected to have. There are flaws in his games that have been exposed that maybe we're not looking at as closely last year because it's like, hey, this guy's a, a you know a sophomore and look what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Now he's in that spotlight of this guy's potential first overall pick, and you're looking a little bit closer at it. And hey, yeah, there's some things here that maybe give you pause. He's still first round pick. He's still a top five pick, but I do understand the argument if you want to go with somebody like Drake May. And just clarify, North Carolina plays Duke two weeks. I think this weekend two they weeks. play Campbell. Never heard of Campbell, to be honest. Um, that's that's an FCS thing, team. We're not. He should light them up. If he doesn't light there them we up, go. Then, then Caleb Williams is right back to the top of that list. Let's put it that way. So probably another week where we're not going to talk too much about Drake May. But one thing watching Caleb Williams, and I don't really like put this take out there because I don't watch him you know, closely. I don't have the all 22. But I feel like most of the highlights you see from Caleb Williams are him in a clean pocket and his feet are just not where you want. Like, there's no calmness. He's jittery. And then he's scrambling when he doesn't have to. And to a degree, like, there's always the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, where it's like, oh, yeah, you could look at Mahomes and see all the examples where he did something similar or where he has a really bad game against a good opponent. And then you're like, oh, well, he worked out pretty well because he got good coaching. So when you think of those kinds of comparisons, and I don't know if, you know, the additional losses since – 
I last saw that kind of change that narrative. But do you think it's a similar situation where as long as it's not, you know, Caleb Williams is broken because of these losses? And he's still a young player. I don't want to say he's broken or anything. But is it the kind of situation still like a Mahomes where he's got so much talent that if he goes to the right situation, kind of regardless of what happens in college, he can still be successful? Or do you think these are legitimate red flags where you really have to take a step back? I mean, he's still number three. So it's not like, you know, he's falling off the map here. I would say no prospect is perfect. I always say that. Mm-hmm. No, because because I'll say I like a quarterback prospect and people jump down my throat about this flaw or that flaw. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell. I don't know that there's ever been, not, not that I've been doing this for that long. I've been doing this intently probably for like five, six years now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a prospect I've ever looked at that had no flaw. Uh, honestly, John Robinson might be the closest and the flaw there is he's a running back. It's a devalued position, right? So <laughs> I... Everybody has their issues. I just think there's maybe more issues with Caleb Williams than we thought. That doesn't mean that all the good stuff isn't still there. It is, but we talked about him as this generational guy, this guy that was ready to stay. And I still think he's a day one starter in the NFL, but there's a little bit more work, I think, that's going to go into getting him ready than maybe we previously thought with work comes risk. Because you don't know if it's fixable until you try to fix it. Now, I... I look at the footwork stuff and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's something in a, a, a decent NFL coaching staff should be able to take care of. I look at that okay. and I say that shouldn't, shouldn't be a lasting issue, but you never know. It's just that margin for error is a little greater. And again, it's not like all these guys are going to great situations. I say this all the time. It's nature versus nurture. The player mm-hmm. as they are is only part of the equation. It's also, does the team do what they need to do to help that player grow, to put them in the right situation, to put their, put them in the right scheme, put the pieces around them. And there's maybe a little more nurture on the part of Caleb Williams than we thought. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online, real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. And shining example, McCorkle Jones. You got a guy who, great distributor in college, like, yeah, he's got all the weapons, but he's putting the ball where it needs to be, and they're succeeding, and they're not, you know, succeeding in spite of him. He's doing his job. Comes to New England, first year, Josh McDaniels, a decent slate of weapons, good offensive line, things go well. And then the offensive line isn't good enough, and you don't start increasing his weapons and giving him more help. And then you see the deterioration of who was a good quarterback in his in college and in his first year, and just what happens when nurture isn't very nurturing so good stuff there but now before we get to actually no let's just dive right into it i'm not even gonna hit you guys with an ad i'm gonna be nice i'm gonna get right into bo nicks so talking about that game 
the Oregon Ducks took it to the Utah Utes 35 to 6. Bo Nix. Now, I only got to see the highlights. I was really impressed with the performance. He went 24 for 31, 248, so eight yards per pop, two touchdowns, and a 95.2 QBR. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how ESPN's QBR works, but I know in the 90s it's pretty good. He made the throws. I think they use the same QBR for college as they do the NFL. It's that out of 100 thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So very good. Um, And what I saw in the film is there were the things that you expect. Like he's throwing on time. He's throwing accurately. There was a nice throw. He had a far uh, out to the other hash, which is like considered an NFL throw. He's doing all that, but he also had impressive plays. Like he had the throw where there were two free rushers on the goal line, makes them both miss and throws a pop for a touchdown. Uh, There was one other play that he had. I'm trying to remember what it was. A little standout play. Let me look at my profile right now. I'm going to cheat real quick because I tweeted it out. It was, uh, oh, the whole shot against cover two. Really like that one as well. So you talk about road Knicks. I know that we've said he's done a pretty good job kind of putting those uh, that talk to the side. But what did you think about the performance? Because like I said, I only saw the game highlights and the good and the bad, but it looked like there was pretty much all good. Yeah, I no, I, I thought he was good. And, and you mentioned the road Knicks thing, and, and we kind of called that one a draw after the Washington game, like, yeah, you know, he played well, he didn't win, but it, it wasn't necessarily his fault that he didn't win this game. He, he went out and he won it and he went into a place. Utah has been the giant killer in the PAC 12 mm-hmm. for the last three or four years, whether it be Oregon, whether it be USC uh, and especially there, especially in Salt Lake city at Rice Eccles stadium. Uh, they've been incredibly hard to knock off and he went in there and didn't just knock him off. He blew them out. And, and, you know, the Oregon team, blew. I shouldn't say he, like they all did, but he yeah. played great in a very tough environment. I think you got the Bo Nix experience. Like if you're somebody who's a fan of Bo Nix, who wants him to be a successful NFL quarterback, who's trying to convince people he's a first round pick, that's the game you're pointing to. That was Bo Nix at his best. And you're pointing at that and saying, look at this against an elite defense. He got up and down the field and mm-hmm. he made all the right reads. He made all the right throws. He handled the pressure. That's what you're looking at. He, It's not like he was doing the Caleb Williams thing where he's running around, creating all of these plays on his own like that. He's just quarterbacking. He's driving the bus. And mm. he was in the lane. He's going straight in the lane, not wiggling, you know, even speed the whole time. Nice, comfortable ride. And and that to me is Bo Nick, who Bo Nix is as a prospect. He's 25 years old. He's a little bit on the older side. He doesn't have, he's athletic. He's not as athletic as some of the other guys we're talking about in this class. Even the second round guys like Jalen Daniels, who will get Jane Daniels, who we'll get into in a little bit, but he's got a really high floor. He's a poised, controlled, intelligent quarterback. And so to me, maybe it's late in the first round, but probably in the second, if there's a team that either feels they are a quarterback away or, is you know going to need a quarterback in the very near future? That's the fit, and I think you feel pretty good about it. The team I love for Bo Nix is the New York Jets because you don't know where Rodgers at with the Achilles. Even if he does come back, it's not going to be for that long. It's going to be for one or two more years. You can slide Bo Nix in there right away, and I'm not going to say you're not going to miss a beat because he's not as good as Rodgers, but he's better than Zach Wilson, and he's going all the pieces you've put around in that offense. He's going to be able to continue to make it work with them. Um, that that's the kind of team I look at for a guy like Bo Nix. The Bears, if they make a couple more moves this offseason, but 
you know, you have a guy like like DJ Moore there, right? And and they started to put together some of these other offensive weapons. That's maybe the kind of team you put around him. As for the Patriots, I know that's why everybody's watching the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just did this. They went with the high floor, low ceiling, older quarterback, and they didn't put the pieces around him to make it work. Mm-hmm. So to me, if they draft Bo Nix, it's they want to redo on Mac Jones, essentially. That's what that would be. Some people might like that. I know some people are probably fuming at the idea of that. Um, I just think if you were going to do, if they were going to do that, they would have done it. So I'm not somebody who's going to get super excited about Bo Nix to the Patriots, but mm-hmm. I do think that there are logical spots for him around the league. And I think that game is a game, you know, I said fans will do this, but evaluators, when they go back to their teams and, and you know, they're having the meetings and they say, who are the quarterbacks? When, when the Bo Nix guys put their hand on the table and want to point out Bo Nix, that they're going to say this game, like, look at this, look at this game against Utah. That's a quality opponent. Look what he did to them. We have the pieces to allow him to do this here. He should be our guy. So the argument for the Patriots, you got Mac Jones. He's still on his rookie contract up in the air, whether or not they're actually going to pick up his fifth year option. But either way, we know they need some kind of overhaul. They've got all this cap space. It's a little deceptive because they still got some players they need to resign. Like if they decide they want to bring in one new back, they got Trent Brown, a lot of guys that are going to need, they're going to ask for money who you probably want to keep some guys in house. Although, you know, Zach Cox reminded us yesterday on Twitter, that hasn't really been the case in terms of the Patriots actually resigning some of their higher picks. Over 19. But exactly. But Let's think about this. If they re-sign Nwenu and Trent Brown, all right, those are your tackles. So they sign another really good tackle. And then they go out and get one legitimately very good wide receiver where you say, okay, we, you know, re-sign or extend Kendrick Bourne because it seems like he's probably going to stick around. He's hurt. Everybody loves him. Everybody's spoken so highly of him. So you got like Kendrick Bourne. You got Pop. You got Taekwon and Booty. We're like, all right, if you give them some room to grow behind another good true number one, are you more enticed with the idea of getting Bo Nix because you got money tied up in some players and Mac Jones's contract is expiring. So if he isn't the kind of guy where you give him a chance and he can't pull through, you at least give yourself an insurance policy where it's not just, you know, Mac 2.0, it's a version of Mac that you haven't broken yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that if if you're going to do that, if you're going to do, and everybody calls this the Jalen Hurts thing, right? The Like the Eagles did, where they had Carson Wentz and they drafted Jalen Hurts just in case. I'd rather do that with an upside guy. Because sure. if sure. Mac works out, you're going to pay him. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't, it probably means that's not the, not the style of quarterback you want. Uh, if if So what you're saying would basically be, I take, you know, sign both tackles. Take a guy like Roma Dunze or Marvin Harrison Jr. in the first round and then Bo Nix in the second. That probably would be the way to make it work if that's what they wanted to do, if they identify Bo Nix as the guy. I just, again, I feel like they already kind of did that. And what I just struggle with, what about their history tells us that that's the route they're going to take? Like I worry they draft both and then they part. go back to right because it's different if you take like Jared Verse and and, and I think Jared Verse is an excellent player. You take mm-hmm. Jared Verse, the defense on Florida State in the first round, and then Bo Nix. I mean, what are we doing? Right, you just drafted Mac yeah. Jones in the second round instead of the first. That so, sounds like something they would do though. <laughs> That's right, more which is why I just like I can't. I, I there are some teams that should be very excited about Bo Nix. I'll give you one more actually because we don't mm-hmm. like what are the nine are the Niners going to pay Brock Purdy? Or are they going to try to, there's been this, I I talked to an NFL talent evaluator about this once. And basically there's this, like, I heard what he called it. It was like the unmentioned concept or something that like 
what if, and this, this comes out of the idea that the rookie contract, the quarterback on a rookie contract is the most valuable asset in football. What if you could find a way to constantly just churn through quarterbacks? You dra- basically, you draft a quarterback every other year and you have, you know, guys start. So Brock Purdy, right? Starts years three and four. You draft Bo Nix. He's there one and two. Then he takes over three, four. You do it every third year with the fifth year option or whatever. Maybe the Niners do that. I don't, they'll probably end up paying Brock Purdy. Cause again, nobody does this because there is no margin for error. You miss once. And the whole house of cards collapses. You have to consistently right. be hitting on the hardest position to hit on in the draft. Hypothetically, though, if the 49ers wanted to do that, Bo Nix is exactly the guy they should take because he runs that style of offense. I, he he does have a lit. There is one quarterback I think is more Brock Purdy-ish, uh, and that's J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. But it, Bo Nix does have some of that in his game. Like That would be another way where like those are the kind of teams that should talk about Bo Nix. Patriots, where you're kind of rebuilding the whole offense, you want. I think you want to go with a more dynamic player. Real quick, anything from JJ McCarthy that we should know from last week? Well, they were they were off, so we haven't seen him since that Michigan oh, okay. State game. Um, Michigan State's terrible. I know people got all hot and bothered because it was his best statistical game. Uh, I, apparently, I hate JJ McCarthy for saying he's a second round pick. Uh, how dare I suggest a guy go in the top fifty? What, what a horrible thing to say about somebody. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm still at the point where like the body of work isn't there. He, the, the, the workload isn't significant enough where I can get excited about him as a plug and play guy. I still think he has upside and he could end up being an NFL quarterback. Again, my comp form has been he like the floor is Zach Wilson. The ceiling is like a better Brock Purdy. And that's good. That's good. Right. I, some people will go really nuts and say, Josh Allen. I don't think it's that high, but um, you don't, there's a lot of variance there. And I just think a guy with that much range, I don't know how you're that confident to take that guy in the first round. To me, that's a textbook second round pick. And maybe he works out. Uh, you know, we'll see him against Penn State and Ohio State here coming up in the recent weeks, in in, uh, in the coming weeks. And that'll tell us a lot. They make the college football playoff. Maybe we get to see him against Georgia, which would be very interesting. They probably will have to throw the ball a lot in that game with, with Georgia's yeah. defensive front. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm still kind of where I've been with JJ McCarthy. I think he's a, a a really high upside prospect, but I don't think he has a first round floor. Or at least if he does, I it, it hasn't been made apparent yet. So not a huge risk and not a huge gamble. Oh, gamble! I said it. Now I I, I got to do it. Say it. It's a, too easy of a segue. Throwing it over to FanDuel. We will be back. We also want to tell you about LinkedIn Talent Solutions here. Uh, these days, every new potential hire can feel like high stakes wager for your small business. We've got a small business, Taylor, growing every day, but small. Still, you want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates like Taylor. Uh, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Um, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team fast and free. Um, and we have used this quite a bit and we have uh, found a lot of really good talent by uh, using this uh, LinkedIn talent solutions here. Uh, and it really is our primary kind of go-to every time we have an opening here at CLNS Media. Uh, and we just actually filled quite a few openings through uh, LinkedIn. So, um, you know, oh, I think we onboarded three people uh, last week, Taylor. I'm the, hey, we did, we did. Family getting bigger. Family is growing. So it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one delivering quality. Um, so all you have to do is uh, post your job for free at LinkedIn.com 
slash beat and Patriots beat, which Taylor Kyles is on, on the Patriots beat. Um, LinkedIn.com slash beat, post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. So we're moving on to Jaden Daniels. Now, before the show, you had me watch a couple games. Couldn't get to Florida State, but I did get to his game against Ole Miss. And boy, oh boy, can that man throw a fade. He had a couple of drops in the bucket where I tweeted that, man, I almost dropped my croissant. Like, that was crazy. He also, like, again, kind of like Bo Nix, where he's making the throws you expect. It's on time. It's clean. But unlike Bo Nix, what I noticed was there were times where it doesn't seem like he just is okay with letting the play die, especially with his athleticism. Sometimes it feels like he tries to do a little bit too much. Ball security was something that kind of worried me. And then the last drive of the game, they're trying to come back. I understand you have to get more aggressive. You kind of have to take risks, and they didn't have a lot of time. But he had like two or three interceptable passes where you're kind of like, all right, maybe you don't want to do that if you actually are serious about getting back into this game. And next week, he's going to be facing off against Roll Tide Alabama. Big test. So what are you thinking about that matchup? How are you expecting him to do? And how do you think or how much do you think it could potentially do for his draft stock? It can do a lot. Jane Daniels, fun player. So he popped on my radar at Arizona State a couple of years ago, transferred to LSU last year uh, and showed tremendous growth. And he's continued to grow this year. And with guys like Caleb Williams struggling with Drake May losing a couple of games here, he's been steady and he's moved up the Heisman odds. He's moved up. Now some people looking at him potentially as a second round pick, maybe even sneaking into the back end of that first round. I think if he plays well against Alabama, he'll have a chance and and we can kind of touch on the, the chain reaction that a little bit, but um, he's an electric, electric player. And there's positives and negatives that come with that for a guy at, at 22 years old and, and however many starts he is, I think like 50 starts into his career. Yeah. He makes some incredible plays. And whether it be with his legs, with his arm, he knows how to create something out of nothing at the quarterback position. The problem is, the, or the flip side of that, I would say, is sometimes he tries to create something out of nothing and it turns into nothing. Reckless is, if I had to like use one word to sum up his knocks, it would be reckless. Uh, whether it's a, some ill-advised throws, he's going to need to be better. I, I think he... I don't think he's going to be a factor with his legs. And that's exciting. This is a guy you can run some of that option stuff with read option, QB RPOs. That's all going to be in his bag. He's got to learn. He's got to take better care of his body because he throws himself around. He's taking on tacklers in college. The guys aren't as big. They're not hitting you as hard. You can get away with that. He's got to calm down the NFL or he's going to get himself hurt, but that's coachable. Like that's a, a, a fine knock. And then yeah, throwing the ball. It's just, he, he, test some windows that he probably shouldn't test. And sometimes it works. And I think mm -hmm. that's what, that's what you get excited about, but some of that won't work at the NFL level. So he's really going to have to learn. It's going to be a feeling out process. The other knock on him when he transferred from Arizona state to LSU was his deep ball accuracy. And that's something I think he's worked a lot on and gotten a lot better at. So that, that part of it's exciting. I, uh, Definitely a bit of a project as well. So that's why I like still don't quite have him in that first round yet. But if he beats Alabama this weekend and Ole Miss beats Texas A&M, which should happen, um, the 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 Ole Miss one, Alabama LSU is going to be a great game. It's going to be a close game. I don't know who's going to win that. But if he wins and, and Ole Miss wins, it creates a three-way tie atop the SEC West for first place. And the reason that's notable is – LSU would have a really good shot at making the SC championship game against, in all likelihood, pending a massive upset, Georgia. 
So if Jane Daniels wins this game, he maybe gets himself a chance to face Georgia. He plays Georgia well, college football playoff, right? So get, seeing how he looks against Alabama and then potentially getting to see how he looks against Georgia, he puts up strong showings in those games. That's going to tell us a lot. So this is a guy I'm really excited for. Uh, I'm really excited to watch this week. We'll see what he does. But as some other guys have fallen off a little bit, as he, you know, guys like um, Quinn Ewers have fallen off, Shadur Sanders, we still don't know. I still believe he's not going to come out. I, I don't know. Out there, man. Like his line is doing him zero favors. No, they, 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 they need to get, get better up front. But I, I mean, he has and Dion kind of laid it out and I know he's a little biased, but I also agree with him. There's not a ton of incentive for Shadur Sanders to go to the NFL right now, unless he needs to get out from under that line. Um, but as right. some of those other names we've talked about have fallen off, Jane Daniels, is the guy that's taken advantage and moved up the boards and come up. So, now he's kind of on the radar. He was sort of in the background before. Now he's on the radar. He's got Alabama, game of the week, college game days there this week, all of it. If he wants to be a first-round pick, this is it. This is the kind of moment where we talk about Heisman moments, right? Definitely a Heisman moment for him if he wants to get that in a first-round moment as well because when we get to, to February and March and April and we're making our case for Jaden Daniels, a first-round pick, if you want to do that, this is the game. This is the game. You're going to look at this. Mm -hmm. He... When it, I believe the game is in Alabama, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm just double check. Uh, check, check. This is what happens in a live show. Knows in Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, it is. It, it's going to be like he yeah. went. And now, there's no guarantee he does this, and it's going to be hard to do. And that's why I'm talking about it like it'd be this great feat. He goes into Tuscaloosa, knocks off Alabama in what is essentially a playoff, an elimination game for the SEC championship. Yeah, you're going to look at that guy and say, okay, he's got the stones. He's got the yeah. stones to handle it. Yeah, obviously, if he throws well on that defense, he's got the ability to beat NFL defenders. If he runs well, he's got the ability to beat NFL defenders. Uh, and and it, it's going to really kind of supercharge the narrative around him. So looking at it from a Patriots perspective then, because from what I saw, again, I'm limited. I'm just going based off the tape that I've seen. It looked like he did a good job throwing over the middle of the field. It seemed like that was where he was kind of living. And then the complimentary, you have the outside hole shots and things like that. Really what the Patriots kind of want from their offense is we're controlling the middle. And then if you're going to go single high press us or give us advantageous matchups, we're going to try to hit you deep on the perimeter. Do you I mean, think it's, it's, it's the Brian Kelly offense. It is a little more kind of old school. Okay. 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 So do you think he can slide in if the Patriots take him, if you know, it's, even if he uh, doesn't necessarily have as much success as we're talking about him potentially having against these bigger name teams, do you think the Patriots take him in the second round and say, all right, this is a project that maybe we can mold? Or do you think that things were like he's testing windows, maybe he shouldn't, some of the recklessness? Is that something that maybe is a little too risky to assume that you can iron it out just because you're at the next level? No, this is the guy I lean towards. I mentioned the, the Jalen Hurts thing, right? If they're going to be mm -hmm. like, all right, we're going to give it one more year with Mac, but we want a really good plan B. So we're we're ready if we don't, you know, if we're not picking up his fifth-year option, if we are moving on from after this season, we have a, another guy that really young, like a young guy that can really step in and maybe do something. To me, Jaden Daniels right now is the guy for that. Get him in the second round. You you go you would go into if that's their approach you go into next year with Mac Jones as the starter but Jaden Daniels is right there, and he's the guy that 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 if he's not guaranteed he's the he's the future of the franchise. B Mac Jones are still mm -hmm. given that last chance, but you know who the next guy is if it doesn't work out. He's what 
basically he'd be what so many people wanted Bailey's happy to be this year, <laughs> which is all right. Like actual Matt, competition. This, <laughs> this, right. This guy's right over your shoulder and we have no problem giving the keys to him. If you can't handle it. I think JJ McCarthy could be that guy. He might end up sneaking into the first round like Bo Nix does. Um, outside of him, I, I'm, I'm really excited. And I reserve the right change my mind. Maybe he throws four picks against Alabama and all right, he doesn't have it, but I enjoy what I've seen so far. If he can keep this up, he's a guy I absolutely think you put in the uh, you put in that conversation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we're going to close that with some must-watch matchups for this weekend. Alex, what do you got on the slate? What are you going to be watching? So first off tonight, wagon wheel between Akron and Kent State, one of the oldest rivalries in college football. Uh, loser ends up last place in the MAC. So you want stakes, there's stakes. Um, Friday night, another great rivalry, Colorado State-Wyoming. Wyoming's trying to hang on to get a chance in that uh, – that Mountain West talked about Andrew Peasley last time I was on, but for this week, games I'm looking at. Uh, Kansas State, Texas, not a ton of talent in the Big 12. This is probably the biggest test Kansas uh, Texas will face the rest of the year as they try to get to the Big 12 championship, get another shot at Oklahoma. And with all the draft talent there, Quinn Ewers, uh, Xavier Worthy, this is a team you want to see make a run. So Texas is a team to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I think that's a big game right there. You got Bedlam, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, rivalry games. Always get weird. Georgia, Missouri is a sneaky fun game. Missouri's been good this year. They've got a couple of guys. So Brady Cook, who I think we talked about last time I was on the quarterback at Missouri, he could declare this year and he's been good, but he has another year of eligibility. It wouldn't surprise me with the depth in this class. If he goes back to school, he's been excellent. And then wide receiver, Luther burden, who's a true sophomore. He's not eligible. He's, if he's not going to win the Bolitnikoff, he's going to come in second to Marvin Harrison Jr. He, he's he got, I think, seven touchdowns in nine games. Uh, he's just been unstoppable. So Georgia, as good as they've looked, and they're obviously undefeated at this point, they haven't really played anybody. They beat, they have one ranked win. It was against the Kentucky team that's no longer ranked, probably wasn't that good. But now they've got Missouri, one lost Missouri who's been good. They've got, I believe it's uh, Ole, is it Ole Miss or LSU? Ole Miss next week. Uh, then they go to Tennessee, which is not an easy game to win in Rocky Top. And then they got Georgia Tech to close out the season. That's not easy. So it starts here for them. Uh, we'll see how they handle Missouri because that'll be a good barometer of where they're going to be at down the stretch. Heading in the later window, personally, I'm really interested to see Michigan this week. Just everything that's been going around that program the last two weeks. They haven't had a... Uh, a game since really everything broke. So first time on the field since they had a bye last week, USC, Washington, it's another chance to watch Michael Penix. So that USC defense kind of sucks. And let's see if USC has any fight left in them or are they done? Are they checked out? That game's in, in Southern California. So that'll be interesting. And then I don't know how many people will enjoy this one, Taylor, but I will certainly enjoy it. You have Northwestern at Iowa who announced this week mm -hmm. that, they are going to fire their offensive coordinator. They're going to let him finish the year, but then they're going to fire him. The total for that game on some books 
is 29 and a half, which would be the lowest total in the history of Division I college football. Okay. All right. Well, damn, I, I should use my FanDuel ad for that. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know what the number is on FanDuel. I know it's on some books. It's 29. Some books have it up to 31 and a half, uh, which there was a game that was 30 and a half, also Iowa, 30 and a half earlier this year. But 29 and a half, 20 to 10 game, you lose. 17 13, you lose. So that's going to be an absolute roller coaster. That's insane. And there, there you go, FanDuel. Two ads in one show. And some great ranks <laughs> from you, Alex. Thank you, brother. Everybody knows who you are. Just let the people know where they can find your work this week and what you got coming out. Give us some teases. Yeah, Real, Real Alex Barth on, on Twitter, 985thesportsub.com uh, for all my written work. And I'll be on uh, tomorrow morning with Evan Lazar, catch22patriots.com. We all love Evan over here. Thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you always. Appreciate you at home. Thank you so, or wherever you are. This is the internet. We are no longer living in the uh, cable TV era. But uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we will see you next time. Have a good one.